This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey of Mississippi Today. You know, it's easy to know if your child needs help dealing with a fever or a broken bone, but, you know, mental health problems, well, those can be harder to identify. And today, we celebrate National Children's Mental Health Awareness Week with our guest, Dr. John Damon. He's the Chief Executive Officer for Canopy Children's Solutions. And uh, we'll talk with John a little bit about how to identify mental health issues, where to receive help, and how COVID-19 pandemic has changed the way that they connect with children and families, I would imagine, considering it's kind of hard to do the person-to-person contact. So we'll talk with John about that. Always love having him on the show. Um, John's just a great guy, and I think you're going to really enjoy the next hour. Plus, we're going to be welcoming, well, we'll welcome him, but first, I think Michelle and I need to catch up on some things that are going on around Mississippi. Number one, Michelle, how are you doing? Are you safe, healthy, and happy? I am safe, healthy, and happy. (laughs) Wow, that's pretty good. If you get all three, you're doing okay. Are you safe, healthy, and happy? I am. I, You know, I had a big conversation this morning with Andrea Self, who's the anchor up at WCBI. She interviewed me. Uh, we were talking, I think the segment's going to appear on Wednesday up in the Columbus area. But um, I love Andrea, by the way. She's, she's fantastic. She's one of the state's treasures. But we were talking about that, you know, and how everybody seems to be going through the five stages of grief right now. And I've may have mentioned this last week, but you got denial, anger, bargaining and depression and acceptance. And if you don't believe me, man, look at Facebook. Cause I think everybody is either yelling or they're, you know, pretending it's not happening or they're sad or they're bargaining, trying to get some, you know, things back open. But, um, Andre was just talking about that and, you know, it's, it's, kind of a tough time right now and i i think having john on today is just going to be gold um just exactly. i think talking about his wis- right yeah mental yeah health. his wisdom is going to be ne- definitely necessary today i think and and speaking of mental health um awareness week it's actually mental health awareness month as well so if you log <laughs> if you log on to children's i'm just laughing because every day seems like a month i know child, right so like, if yeah. you log on to children's mental health matters it's children's mm-hmm. children's with an s children's mental health matters um okay and this is out of maryland but just for the entire world if you type in uh children's mental health awareness month any type of children's mental health awareness of course you know that uh, people are all around the world used to do events surrounding this month and this week and uh the day is actually may 7th the actual children's mental health day awareness day is may 7th but now of course everything is going digitally so they're going to have campaigns online they're going to have um social all social media platforms um spreading awareness of children's mental health so if you like to participate in that you can type in in any of your social media platforms or online um, Children's Mental Health Awareness Month or Week uh, 2020 and see what people are doing and maybe jump on the bandwagon and spread awareness of children's mental health because right now it's more than ever. You have some children who were not or are not dealing with mental health issues that may have some type of issues coming out of this or during this time. So parents be well, aware. Be right. Aware. There's two things that I was thinking about that when you were saying that. It's number one, you know, obviously our kids are losing things right now too. They, they're not around their friends. They 
you know, if they're seniors, they're not getting to graduate. They're not, you know, with the big graduation, they didn't get to go to prom. They've had a lot of things taken away from them. And of course, you know, obviously isolation is tough on them too. But the other thing is, and I think it's very important to remember this, that while we as parents are going through all the things that we're going through, our kids are watching us too. And, and it's really uh, important for us to sometimes to, you know, even though we may be struggling too, but to remember that there are little eyeballs out there that are watching and the fact that they need us and that we need to take ourselves out of our, our own world for a few minutes and remember what's going on with our kids. I, I talked with a very good friend the other day. I was asking him how he was coping and he, he was talking about all the different ideas that they do at their house and how, you know, they have themed dinner nights that their, that their daughter picks for them to do and, and different things. And I said, you know, I said, I think you've really touched on something that's important. I said, in 20 years, she's going to remember the fact that y'all had themed dinner parties and that you did these different things, and she's not going to remember all the bad things. And that is just so important. So, yes, uh, this show could not be better timed. Exactly. And we, um, of course, would love for John to tell, give us, give parents a few tips on how to support your child's mental health, especially during COVID-19. Those little tips, like you said, um, doing things as a family, doing things that you used to maybe didn't do. You were always at work or busy and things like that. Now is a time to really get uh, into the family and see how you can help the family instead of, like you said, focusing on what's happening or focusing on what's, you know, the bad about um, part about it, focus on what's good about it. Hey man, I was having a long conversation with my best friend. I've known him since I was 16 years old. And, you know, he's the guy that can tell me the things that I need to hear and I won't get mad at him because I know he completely sees through who I am. But he said, you know, I was talking about some things I was changing in my life and, and, you know, how I feel like that this is going to be an opportunity to grow that, you know, I'm going to intend to come out of it more positively. He just looked at me and he said, you know, you need to build more capacity in your life. And I said, what does that mean? You know, it's a really business wonky term. And he said, you know, you're telling me all these great things you're going to do, but you need to do it for the fact that you need to, to make more time out of your day, not to put back towards your career, but, but to put toward your family. And I think that that is so important right now for us to, you know, and of course we're in our house, we're all stuck in the same house together every day, and we're all getting out a little bit more now because of the, the lacks, the loosening of some of the restrictions. But uh, at the end of the day, yeah, no, I need to figure out ways to become more efficient so I can have more time with my family, and that's, that is huge. So, oh, and I was going to say, too, Don Shula passed away, and you probably saw heard that on the on news. And, of course, he was a winner. He had an incredible coaching career, lived an incredible life, had a, a successful family. He passed away at 90. But I think his one of his best quotes and one of my favorites and one that I keep written down in my di- my little book that I keep my notes in, he had this quote. He said, success is not forever. Failure is not final. And I think that that is definitely true for right now, that even though things may seem like that they're rough and they are rough and they're, they're bad, it's not final. We need to, we will push through this and we're going to push through it together. So uh, my heart goes out to Don Shula and his family. And yesterday too, I lost a a friend. Um, He's from Jackson. He lives in Atlanta now, but he grew up in Jackson, went to Millsaps. His dad was, was Bob Kaczynski who Bob was a civil rights leader. Um, in fact, I have a book that has a picture of, of Bob holding Chris in his arms uh, as a baby after a Klansman had bombed his house. Uh, so he had survived that, but he passed away this weekend. He got a virus. I don't think it was 
COVID-19, but it, it, it took his life on Sunday. He was also very good friends with my late brother-in-law uh, over in Atlanta and very good friends with my sister. So I've known him both through my connections here in Jackson and through Atlanta, but um, he was about my age and he passed away and just was one of the sweetest, most wonderful men that I've ever met. And I just wanted to, for those who knew Chris, I just wanted to say, I'm sorry. And my heart's with you. Cause this is, this tough, tough story. So, but we're going to take a break here in just a second. We've got John Damon's coming up. John is a friend of the show. I've had him on before. You're going to love this. Going to give you some really good tips. We're going to talk a little bit about children's mental health month. So looking forward to that as well. So um, we're going to take just a couple seconds here while Michelle gets connected with them and tell a little bit, but the main thing is this show is going to give you some really good tips on ways to be able to help with our kids because our kids are real, to be honest with you, they're the most important parts of our life. And, you know, we got to get them through this patch too. And I think this is an incredibly important time in their lives too. Uh, you know, it's fascinating. I'm working on some drawings for some friends with their, their kids who are graduating and um, they're my uh, son's, son's girlfriend is graduating and will be going off to college soon and they're going to be doing a um graduation to where they'll have a handful of people in the room and so everybody does it um they, they get assigned to time so they go and they they get their they get their diploma they get to shake the hand of the person and um and then soon uh, another group of people comes in, another group shakes their hand and so forth. So they keep rotating it to limit the exposure for everybody so that they're not exposed to the virus. And then at the very end of this, they're going to take all those videos and they're going to string them together to make it look like one long graduation so that they can they can have that graduation. And then eventually, probably later on, when things start dying down a little bit, they're going to do uh, hopefully get one out like on the football field where they can keep everybody socially distant and have a, a big celebration together. But, you know, I think well, at the end of the day, um, you know, we're all reacting differently to this thing and and. We're seeing, like I mentioned, how people are going through the five stages, but I've been so proud of the teachers, like my friend, Coach John Weaver, who's at Madison Ridgeland Academy, who have figured out ways to be able to engage with kids and to be able to, you know, to still talk to them and still be able to teach them. And I want to say congratulations to all the teachers as the school year is starting to wind down for all your efforts to be able to try to engage children during this time of social distancing, really incredible work that you have done. And uh, I know today my son just, one of my sons just finished up with his college for the spring semester. And he said, you know, this is really anticlimactic. He said, I just took a test and I'm done. I don't have to move or do anything. So um, it is kind of a strange time on that, but I know there's a lot of folks out there, a lot of, a lot of people and businesses that are doing a really good job trying to figure out. We of course did that show last week and talking about the different efforts they're doing and, and so forth. So, you know, at the end of the day, after nine 11, we struggled, but we picked the pieces back up and we figured out a new normal. And I think we're going to be doing that too. So great show coming up. We're looking forward to that. We're going to take a break just a few minutes here. So soon as, um, we get John on the phone and, and so forth. So looking forward to that. Coming up next, we're going to be talking to Dr. John Damon. He's the CEO of Canopy's Children's Solution. And if you'd like to be part of the show, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Hey, stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio.
Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey from Mississippi Today. You know, May is Children's Mental Health Month, and in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic, it is more important now than ever that we discuss ways that we can help our children and, and, and families cope with this mental health challenges. So here today to help us discuss this is Chief Executive Officer for Canopy's Children's Solutions, Dr. John Damon. John, welcome back to the show. Um, I guess probably the first place to start is how you doing? Marshall, thanks, man. It's great to be back with you. You know, um, we're all finding that new normal. Uh, you know, I've got kids in grad school, in college, in high school, uh, all trying to find that rhythm. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, and, of course, at, at work um, with the kids and families we're so privileged to take care of, having to pivot that whole effort, um, you know, and then personally trying to really stay mentally and physically healthy during this chance so I can be at my best. You know, it's, it's, it's certainly a challenge. Yeah, no, I know. Mean, I mean, I kind of joked to my wife. I said, the greatest mother to stay gift you've ever gotten is the fact that all three of your boys are now under one roof. <laughs> she said, yes, but I wish the circumstances were different. I said, yeah, don't we all? But um, yeah, and I think mm-hmm. we, we really do need to deep dive today, talk a little bit about how y'all are doing things at Canopy because it's, you know, and, and I've been out to the schools and, and, I've visited and I've seen the incredible work you do. And, and a lot of you, the people that you help are there because they need that extra personal contact. And of course, obviously that's kind of a, you can't do that right now. So um, we'll talk about that too. Mm. Um, but you're doing okay. I mean, y'all, y'all as a family are healthy and happy. Yeah, we're, we're really blessed. My wife is a, is a home health nurse. And so she's, you know, going into the uh, difficult spots around the state to help, help folks that are immunocompromised and, She's, uh, you know, very protective and, and has all the safety gear and um, and she's pretty heroic. And the kids have all, uh, you know, learning to find, uh, you know, like I said, the rhythm of, of how we do family life together and how we circle back around and find routine together. And um, and I've been, you know, it was been some tough spots, but uh, I'm, I'm very, feel very blessed, Marshall, right now. now how about you, Naomi? Y'all, and the boys, y'all, y'all hanging in? Yeah, we're doing really well. I got sick in March and um, it was about three weeks. It was kind of, I don't know what it was. I don't know. I mean, I couldn't get tested because I'd never got over a hundred fever, but um, I was very sick. And, and of course, Amy, at one point, she just looked at me and she said, you know, you're going to have to, I know you're sick and I know you're scared, but you're going to have to step it up because you're freaking everybody out. And I said, well, that's a good point. And, and I think that's something you have to remember that, that people are watching you. Um, it's a, it's a tough thing, but we're doing really well. I think we've actually enjoyed the time together and, um, I'm just determined that this is, we're going to make something good out of this, even though there's Absolutely. a lot of bad stuff happening. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, John, Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've been out to y'all's operation. I, 
you know, I, I mean, I know the people I, I helped MC one of your galas. I'll just go ahead and, <laughs> and throw that out there too. Um, and with Elise Jordan, by the way. So nobody paid any attention to me because Elise Jordan's <laughs> awesome, but Oh, you're I mean, fantastic. y'all do great work. You really do. I mean, I'm, I'm a big Thank fan you. of what y'all are doing. Um, when this thing came on the horizon, uh, you know, I mean, it was January. We started seeing what was happening in China. At that point, did y'all just kind of sit down and circle wagons and say, OK, what are we going to do? How are we going to adapt? Or did it just hit y'all like it did everybody in March and you just suddenly had to react? Well, you know, um, fortunately, you know, there as you know, I mean, the time to really um, act is before the event, right, to do all the preparation work. And fortunately, we've done a lot of work, Marshall, on the, the infrastructure side, on the telehealth side, uh, digital format, um, from meetings to uh, telehealth services that we've been doing for many, many years now through psychiatry and nurse practitioners. Um, so we had a lot of backbone in place, and we were very fortunate in that way. Uh, but, yeah, it was a circle of the wagons moment and to say, hey, we're about to have to 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 pivot uh, our business model to a digital format. Uh, that's schools that we operate. That's clinical services that we operate. That's uh, health care. That's, um, you know, our, our crisis services, our community-based services, our autism services. It was a lot. And so while you know, some, you know, schools have had to worry about education and healthcare providers. So how do you pivot healthcare and, uh, or clinicians on therapy? Uh, we've had to do all of that, uh, you know, plus a, a decentralized business with, you know, 18 offices all across the state. So right. it has been a challenge. You know, we were meeting twice a day, seven days a week uh, for a, a season, Marshall, to make sure we were measuring every movement uh in the right way but i'm i'm very pleased very blessed our staff our board everybody was absolutely phenomenal and you know we've been able to pivot over 90 percent of our business line uh to make sure we hadn't missed a beat you know i mean i mentioned that before one of the things i think that y'all do so well is the person-to-person contact you know mm. i've been through the schools I've, I've seen you know where you've got clients that need that individual touch and, and, and how do you how do you get yeah. that through the the distance format? How do you do that through the computer? I mean, that's, and I've seen people do it well, but I'm just kind of curious <laughs> that how did y'all figure out how to do it? No, you're, you are correct. So, so let me distinguish, uh, there's nine over 90% of our business that we were able to pivot to digital format, you know, yeah. telehealth services, but there's a portion we could not. I mean, the direct care that we provide in our psychiatric residential treatment that you visited, the direct yeah. care that we provide at our diagnostic evaluation shelter, that is still occurring face-to-face. Uh, so we had to change all sorts of protocols, as you can imagine, on the screening side, on temperature regulations, on wearing masks and hand washing and the distancing and all the protocols with our medical uh, team, our, our, our medical director, nursing director, uh, who met uh, very intensely and worked with the health department and CDC regulations and uh, to really develop the best practice standards for the face-to-face engagement that is happening on a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week basis. Um, now, for the other pieces, we were able to, you know, the, the school side for uh, remote learning, uh, the counseling side with telehealth, the psychiatry and nurse practitioners through telehealth, some of our community-based services uh, that we are doing with, in partnership with Child Protection Services, 
uh, or Department of Human Services. We've been able to do that remotely with our our, our families as well. Uh, but there, you're right, there is a portion that you could not uh, do any other way but face-to-face, just like in a hospital. How How is that working with the schools? Because, I mean, did – did y'all y'all when did y'all go digitally in March? Yeah, and okay. and the the schools and we followed along with the school um, uh, schedules and uh, been able to you know remotely do the distance learning with our kids and families in, in the school, um, and and so that's been you know uh, it's been pretty amazing to be honest with you, Marshall. The the relationships our teachers have with the kids and families we've had cases with kids uh that have been in our school and you know uh, they're at our school because they they were not being able to be successful in their local public school um because of their emotional behavior challenges and so they they're at our school and uh so you know we've had kids uh whose parents were very frustrated and uh the kid i remember one case uh, a couple of weeks ago the kid you know wouldn't take a bath and um, they had our, our teacher on the phone, and the teacher was able to get the kid to pivot and, and, and do their bath and, and engage and comply. Mom was about in tears, just so thankful to have somebody on her team to come alongside. And so the teachers and the teaching staff, the counseling staff have all been immediately accessible for families um, with, with pressure points small like bath time to bigger pressure points with mental health issues. Well, I'd say trauma doesn't take a break during public health mm. crises, and I would figure that a lot of the lot of the issues that some of the kids have would be actually aggravated by this because if they're in fight or flight mode to begin with, I mean it's definitely going to be you know great. Just I don't know, it's going to be intensified. So, what are some of the things that y'all are seeing with the kids? Are they are they able to cope? Are they able to to pull through this? Well. So, so you, you made a real important point, Marshall, and that is any kind of stress fractures that the family system has had or the individual kid has had, when you put additional stress on that stress fracture, it, it can become a compound fracture, and it can yeah. be um, you know, amplified in lots of different ways. So we're certainly seeing that in the family, and a family that already the, the temperature in the family is already 210, 11 degrees, you add this, you're getting more um, you know, boiling point uh, in the family system. Right. And you're seeing that with kids too. And, and you said you hit it well and um, you, you, you get mental health. Michelle, I know just finished an advanced degree on this. So y'all, you know what I'm talking about, but you know, for our audience to, to know that when you have an underlying anxiety um, and you're uh, what, what's called our sympathetic nervous system, that's our fight or flight mode is engaged and your heart rate is up and your breathing is faster and your blood flows pulled away from your hands is why your hands are cold and clammy. Your head's kind of swimmy because you got blood rushing to it. And your stomach feels like butterflies. When you already have that as, a, as an ongoing baseline with an anxiety um, kind of challenge, and then you, you amplify that stress fracture with this moment, uh, you get more anxiety. Um, and you're more susceptible to more anxiety kind of challenges. Uh, that that we're seeing and so we're certainly seeing that with our kids and families um, both the family stress fractures that are compounding the kids with individual anxiety and depression of course isolation on the depression side is is very difficult and and we've got to keep uh, you know putting in front of them uh, hope Marshall because you know hopelessness is one of our biggest predictors of suicide and 
further depression and 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 so so uh, the, the the team is doing an amazing job to make sure that we're um, addressing these family issues and the individual issues with the kids quickly uh, to, to to you know help them weather not just you know weather the storm but to thrive through it. Yeah, what resources do you have to help kids and families move through this and beyond the crisis? And and I mean, this would actually probably actually be some good advice for parents all across the board, even because I know a lot of parents with kids that haven't had traditional right. challenges like some of your your patients do or your students do. Um, they're struggling with being able to, to help their kids through their school and so forth. So what resources do you all have? So, you know, first, just to kind of have some some certain things in our in our mind about this this moment you know i, I think um first to remember that you know the word crisis itself you know um if you look it up in webster uh it, it talks about a crisis as a turning point for better or worse so you know first you, you, i do think you have to think of this as a potential opportunity uh and a window to intervene with your kids and to connect with your kids in a different in a, in a, in a deeper way so first thing is to be, you know, have an honest conversation. They know something's going on. So just be honest with them to open the dialogue, but also you got to demystify some of their kind of magical thinking that they have. Kids tend to connect dots that don't need to connect. Um, you know, the, the really good part about kids in this moment, Marshall, is that their brains are so resilient. You know, they've got that uh, you know, from a science perspective, that neuroplasticity, right? Their brain can find new ways, new neural pathways to survive and get through it. The bad news is that their frontal lobe of their brain, that kind of part that's our executive functioning and planning, reasoning and judgment, all the things that keep us from doing something stupid, um, that part of the brain is not developed yet. So our, our, our par- as parents, we have to be the CEO of our kid's brain right now. Uh, the good news is they 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 have great uh, you know neuroplasticity or great great you know flexibility in their brain and their thinking, but we got to be that CEO. So we got to have the conversations. Um, and and you hit this one a minute ago, and uh, we can come back to it. But as parents, you've got to deal with your own anxiety because um, as you said when you were sick, Marshall and Amy gave you feedback. You know, learning is more caught than taught, right? So our kids are paying attention to us and how we're managing. Um, you know, I, I know we have a tendency, all of us, to try to master things that feel out of control. And this is why we put on the 24-hour news loop, and we did that at 9-11. We're doing that now. What we find is that when we do that, you know, like kids' brains, 9-11, they, they see the same plane flying into the same building over and over. But in the kid's brain, that's new events over and over and over. And so when we're running the newsreel with COVID and there's more deaths and more shutdown and more that. To the kid, that, that's kind of continued lowercase t trauma over and over that can have a negative effect. So as the as frontal lobe, you know, CEO for our kid, we got to digest that news and we got to communicate that news in a, in a digestible way to our kids and help move them from their heels to their toes. You know, um, if we feel hopeless, like there's nothing I can do, that's when we get really depressed. That's when we get really down. So we got to move them to their toes. Give them things to do. Uh, wash their hands, social distance, wipe the counters, those type of things that are proactive as they set a new pace for normal. It's time for a quick break. When we return, we'll continue our conversation with Dr. John Damon. He's the CEO of Canada Beach Children's Solutions. Plus, we'll take a look into mental health issues 
and what what that looks like. Remember, uh, if you have a question or comment for our guests, you can give us a call, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Hey, this is Malcolm White with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Every week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcast app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Good morning. You're listening to Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I'm the editor-at-large of Mississippi Today. One in five children and adolescents may have a mental health problem, and it's important to remember that a child's mental health issue is just as important as his or her physical health. Today, we're discussing children's mental health with our guest, Dr. John Damon. He's the CEO of Canopy Children's Solution. Hey, if you'd like to be part of the show, I'll tell you what, or if you have any questions, because be honest with you, I think right now mental health is uh, one of the most important issues going on in the country right now. Um, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. John, uh, really, we got to start getting into some really good tips for parents out there. And I think I think it's probably um, a good place to start just to ask how common are mental health issues among children. Hmm. Well, you know, here's a couple statistics that we should just, just burrow into our brains. It's one in five. One in five kids are struggling, and yet 80% of those kids never get help. Um, and, and, Marshall, you and I have talked about this. We, that's yeah, why is that? That's, that's... Yeah, well, you, well, you know, you know and, and I, I like to think, and you, you've made the great comments about physical health uh, at the front of the show, of the show and, you know, as a society, we wouldn't tolerate if one in five kids had cancer. We wouldn't tolerate a statistic that only, right. you know, that, that that less than 20% make it to a hospital. Um, and you know, as you know, the big one of the big reasons is the stigma that we have around mental health. Um, yes. And that's that's why we have a mental health month. That's why we're having this conversation. And we, you know, the, the one of the upsides, Marshall, with this whole thing is everybody's talking about mental health. It has moved to the front burner of the healthcare discussion. Uh, and that is going to, I hope, you know, reduce the stigma around mental health, but the mental, mental health stigma is a huge part of the why. Another reason is it's so complex for people to navigate the system. Um, it is very hard uh, for, for you to, it's hard to find the right healthcare professional when we all have a, a good understanding of, of, you know, dermatology or whatever it is. But mental health is so overwhelming for people, and they're already in stress, so it's hard to navigate. The payment systems are complicated. There, there's so many barriers that we as a country are, are need to really challenge and take on. But, but I would say stigma, Marshall, is the, is the top reason. Uh, that's why it's so important for us to have this conversation. And as, as we've talked before, what's really encouraging 
is this generation of kids is beyond ready to have that conversation. It's us, the adults, the parents that are the problem. The kids are ready to talk about this. You know, you, you touched on something that's really important. I've always said, you know, if you have the heart attack, you go to the cardiologist. If you have cancer, you go to oncologist. When my parents were very ill and they were dying and it was, I mean, I was completely exhausted mentally. I just mm-hmm. couldn't, you know, I was dealing with stress from work and everything else. A friend of mine suggested I go see somebody. And I remember sitting in the in the waiting room praying nobody would see me. And I thought this is mm. the dumbest thing in the world. Mm. And here I was who I felt like I was fairly enlightened about such things. <laughs> I felt, I felt that stigma and you know, I mean, I'm very open about it. Thank goodness I went because I was able to get some things worked out. Mm. And I mean, I would, if, if, you know, if any of my kids ever needed help, I would say, Hey guys, go, you know, I mean, do what you need to do because it, at the end of the day, go to the doctor because it's good to get fixed, but you're right. Let me, let me ask you this. Um, what is exactly, when you say mental health challenge, how is that defined? So think of it this way. If you have something that impairs your functioning in the way you think, feel, or act, okay, um, if something is getting in the way of you living life successfully uh, because of impairment in that, then, then that's the challenge we're talking about. So, it's, for example, it's normal. Uh, in a in a crisis moment or adjustment moment with the COVID, that you're going to have trouble sleeping, you're going to have some nightmares, you're going to have some, you know, that's to be expected. And let, let's call it uh, 30 days that you're you're expect you're going to have some trouble, right? If it right. persists beyond that though, and you're now not able to really function at home with your relationships, or you're not able to function doing your schoolwork if you're a kid, or you're not able to function at, at work, um, you, you've now gotten a big changes in the way you sleep or eat you've you've had some crying spells you've withdrawn pulled away maybe you've gained or lost a lot of weight um, maybe you're having some feelings of helplessness or hopelessness uh, faults of suicide or death that's when it's moved from just a normal kind of adjustment it's persisted on and it's impairing your functioning in some way and you need to get help in the same way as you said earlier about a toothache. You'd go to the, the dentist or, a, you know, an earache. You're going to go to your doctor. We should do the same thing when we're struggling with our, our functioning and our, the way we're thinking, feeling, and acting. We should go get help like you did. And that's courageous and it's the right thing. And it's, it's what really lifts the stigma to talk about. I know that's that's the weird thing. I mean, I'm not even sure it really even be should be courageous. I mean, it's just like, well, I went to the dentist to get my broken <laughs> tooth fixed. That wasn't courageous, you know. But but it is it is tough. I mean, if somebody if a child is suffering through something, they don't want to tell their friends because they might get bullied. Or if an adult's going through it, they're not going to get a casserole like they would have if if somebody was sick in their family. So it's a really sometimes it can be a terribly solitary thing. Um, what happens? if the mental health challenge isn't addressed? So, you know, just like physical health, if you don't deal with that toothache, you don't deal with that earache, then it gets worse. And and if you think about it just from a relational standpoint, um, the relationship damage that you can have with your your loved ones, your family, your friends, um, those those sometimes get hard to pick up the pieces if, if you've, you know, continued to persist in behaviors that, have hurt other people in some way because you're hurting. Um, and, and of course with yourself and the shame and guilt that often follows, uh, I can't believe I did this and now I'm picking up the consequences of, of, of my, my actions. So the research over and over and over shows 
that the earlier we go ahead and get help, the better off we are. And it just makes sense. Our brains are functioning at a higher level, right? We're able to apply whatever the, the counseling techniques or cognitive behavior uh, counseling that we're doing to, to, to move it forward. And the longer we wait, the harder it gets because of the consequences and because we can spiral into a deeper depression. The anxiety can be more gripping. Um, and so we definitely want to intervene as soon as, as we can. Early intervention is key. I was, I'm going to throw this example out here. I've got a friend who had a mother who had mental illness on her own, uh, her own uh, problems. She was erratic. The child didn't know from one minute to another if the mother was going to explode. He basically kind of felt like he was in peril, that he was going to lose his family and everything else, but mm-hmm. he couldn't do anything mm-hmm. about it. He got almost in a hopeless type situation. And now later on, you know, my friend deals with fight or flight issues to where he's in constant hypervigilance on this. It sounds like that, like with what we've got going on right now with this 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 virus, which is, I mean, I think it's affecting a lot of adults. But I mean, if yes. kids view this as something they have no control over, that they are in peril, that this is going to cause some really serious long term damage. That's right, and and you know, and kids because they don't have all of that higher order thinking set and firm in place yet. This is such a critical role for the adults to play. And why setting a routine for our kids is so important, even if it's a looser routine than we'd normally have, right? Even if we get up a little later, but we still say, hey, we're going to have lunch at this time. We're still going to have dinner at this time. We're going to have family night on these nights. We're going to have game night on this. Um, That structure and routine puts a framework to help, quote, control things that feel out of control. And that's a very important thing for the for to develop a healthy mind in a kid, for sure. So it sounds like structure is, is a re- during this time when there's so much we can't control that we need to really make sure that we can control the things that we can. Does that Absolutely. sound right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the, I would counterbalance too, you know, this is an important piece that I've been trying to lay found foundation work with my kids, my, my teens in particular. Um, you know, there's, there's, I don't know if you ever heard of the, the, the Stockdale paradox, but um, yeah. Admiral Stockdale, yes. who was, yeah, yeah. So he yeah, was, I wrote you know, about it the other day. Yeah. it's. Did you it's, really? It's, well, why don't you tell it? No, no, no. I'll, I'll let you tell it because I mean, Admiral Stockdale, and I think a lot of people knew him when he ran as Perot's vice president, but he was yeah. an, uh, a prisoner of war for many years in Vietnam. But it, it basically is about false hope and don't yeah. give your children false hope. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if, if we if we you know, there's a tendency because our kids are, are you know biting at us saying, when, when can I go out? What can I you know, and, and we hear the governor say, hey, end of May might be this end of June. You know, if, if we yeah. give them false hope that says, oh, hey, look, end of May, we're good. We're going to be rolling. Uh, we're setting it up for failure because it was the people that had the same treatment, as you remember, that Stockdale got that died because they ha- they were optimists. You know, they right. believe they'll be out of prison by Christmas. Uh, and Stockdale said, no, I, I know I'm going to get out, but it may not be this Christmas. It may not be the next. It may not be the next, but I'll get out. And I think we need to lay that foundation uh, kind of mindset for our kids. Um, so we give them structure. We give them hope, but we don't give false hope. We give them the brutal facts that this is the reality. We may have a step forward in some freedom at the end of May. I have a step forward at the end of June. But look, the fall's coming. It could it could be a surge. It could it could it could correspond with the flu. We got to be prepared to flex. So I think putting that in their mind so they don't get their hopes all up and then really disappointed. That is really what can set them on a on a bad trajectory. 
Yeah, definitely. And give them, give them coping techniques, structure, tell them, you know, wash your hands for 20 seconds, wear the mask, do the things that they need to do so they don't feel like that they have no control over it too, right? That's it. That's it. Yeah, That's exactly. it. Yeah, we wipe the counters or you do your mat, you do social distance. These are actions that you can take to get off of your heels and onto your toes. Absolutely. Uh, real uh, last question before we go to the break. Um, how would a parent know when their child has reached a point of needing professional help? Well, I'd go back to um, it, when you see some pretty big changes in the way that they're they're behaving such that they're they're impaired, as I was saying earlier. That's when it's a trigger. It, it's okay to want to sleep late, right, or to stay up late. That's normal. But when it persists to a point where it's impairing, they won't get up. They won't come engage with the family. They won't come, you know, do the task that you've asked them to do. And you've got impairment in the way they're thinking, feeling, and acting. Um, we need to take action in the same way we would if our kids too continued to hurt, right? It may hurt after a meal because they bit down on the corn too hard, but if that persists, we've got to do something. Um, and the same thing with mental health. If you see your kid pulling away, you know, irritability is a common thing with kids, right? But if that irritability is, 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 is exploding, um, irritability is a high marker for depression in, in adolescence. So we want to look for irritability, changes in sleeping and mood, crying spells, isolation, pulling away, losing interest in things they used to love to do. If they love art, they love sports, and all of a sudden they're not interested anymore. Those are markers and cues for us to say, hey, I need to dig a little further and make sure my kid uh, is doing okay. And then normalize that it's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay there. So let's get some help. Real quickly, um, the first step would be to contact the pediatrician. Yeah, absolutely. Because you want to rule out if there's anything physical going on because physical okay. sickness can, can trigger all kind of mental health symptoms. So first get them checked out by their doctor. Very good. We're going to take our last break, and when we return, we'll wrap up the show with our guest, CEO of Canopy Children's Solutions, Dr. John Damon. Hey, phone lines are still open if you got any questions. or I mean, parents, seriously, this is a good chance for you to give us a call. It's 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Hey, stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Hey, it's David Green, host of Morning Edition, here to wish Mississippi Public Broadcasting a happy 50th anniversary. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, the editor-at-large of Mississippi Today. Hey, today we're celebrating National Children's Mental Health Awareness Week with our guest, Dr. J- John Damon. He's the CEO of Canopy's Children's Solutions. If you have any questions or comments you'd like to give us a call, I'm sure John would be glad to help you. Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. John, um, of course, it's National Children's Mental Health Awareness Week, and yet 
all the various activities you normally would have, you can't do it because of COVID-19 <laughs> and social distancing. So obviously we wanted you on the show today to get the word out, but what are some of the other ways that y'all are getting the words out? Well, one thing you can do, Marshall, I know you're a runner, um, you know, our 5K that we typically have for kids, and we were actually going to have them around the state this year, uh, but COVID uh, pivoted those plans, but we're doing a virtual 5K, uh, and you can, you can, you know, do the 5K, log your times, uh, post it on social media that helps, you know, create more awareness and, and help lift that stigma we were talking about. So if you go to our website, you can find ways to plug into that 5K uh, for kids, it's uh, it's virtual, um, and uh, that that would be one way to do uh, to to kind of come alongside. But there, we're, we're going to be having all sorts of of uh, you know kind of informationals and activities in our uh, social media to press uh, children's mental health and to get the word out that every kid can thrive, every kid can be a success story. Uh, we just need to make sure every kid has that opportunity by getting the help they need. We were talking about how parents can get help and, and so forth. And, of course, I, my first thought was, you know, you contact the pediatrician. And I think there is. What are some other avenues? Uh, if you've noticed your kid has had a, some changes in their life, and, you know, it's pretty understandable right now because the kids are actually dealing with an awful lot. But who yeah. else can you contact? Yeah, you're right, because you, you mentioned earlier kids are really losing things. Uh, I had a kid that couldn't go to prom that she's been looking forward to her whole life. Uh, she missed her, you know, having her birthday. A lot of milestones kids are missing, and those are those are very important to the kids. So, um, you know, you know, Marshall. One thing, if they've got an existing relationship, reach out to your mental health provider. If you don't, uh, please just give us a call and let us help you navigate that system because it's very complex. And if it's yeah. not something we can help with, we'll point you to the right direction. But we have an 800 number uh, that they could call to our can- Canopy's Care Coordinator. And they're really good at just finding out what the need is and connecting with them. But that, that number I can give you is 800-388-6247. Uh, and let us take that stress of navigating the system. And we're, we kind of operate under that model. The, is it, what was it, Miracle 34th Street, where they went to Santa. If, if they don't have it at Macy's or whatever, that, you send them wherever they, they need to go. We're not interested in just doing it ourselves. We want to make sure families get the right care they need, where they need it, when they need it, for how long they need it. You know, for uh, the three weeks that I was kind of stuck in the bed, I was like getting on social media and I was getting so frustrated dealing with, you know, seeing all the different posts and everything. And I think somewhere along the way, I had the epiphany where I realized that that every single person on there is dealing with grief right now. I mean, all the five mm. stages you had, den- mm. you had denial, denial, anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance. Um, and that's kind of a good place to start, isn't it, right now, just to kind of have some empathy and realize that everybody's going through something. I'm so glad you said that because that, that is everybody's going through something and everybody's going through it in a different way. And to be empathetic to the fact that the person, your colleague, your friend, your family member is in a different phase of that grief cycle is, is very important. And to, to honor that, that the fact that they're, you know, I was talking to a healthcare professional, very successful. That's part of my Aspen fellowship the other day. And, um, you know, they were so angry, um, because some people don't believe it's a problem and they're watching people die every day at the hospital. And they were just so angry that there's denial, you know, and, 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 and they were, you know, there was others who were in the acceptance mode. Hey, it is what it is. And you could hear, just listen, everybody saw everybody's in a different spot of that grieving cycle. And I think it's important for us to come alongside each other to be unusually empathetic and sensitive to each other. 
and to also know that when you move through one, as you know about grieving, right? When you move through one cycle, stage of the cycle, it doesn't mean you're done with it. <laughs> Just, right. You, you no. might loop right back to it, right? And uh, and we have to give each other some grace, and boy, we need to give ourselves some grace at this time. That, you know, I think you touched on something really important, and this goes out to the parents uh, big time, too. You know, you're you're we're all in uncharted waters right now. We need to cut ourselves some slack. Oh, look, look, there is a reason. And, and it's cut yourself slack at one level and it's take care of yourself at another. And it's not selfish yes. for parents to do that. I mean, there's a reason the airlines say put your oxygen mask on first. Um, there's a reason lifeguards train that you don't go try to rescue somebody drowning until you make sure you're safe first. Parents are going to be better parents, or they're going to be better spouses, they're going to be better friends, workers, etc. if they take care of themselves first. Exercise. Have adults to talk to. Have some things that you enjoy reading and are getting fed by. Listening to podcasts and music. Journaling. Whatever it is that's giving them joy in life, they're going to be a better parent. So I really want to just let the parents that are listening in, give yourself some slack. Uh, cut yourself, you know, give yourself some, some, some grace and do some things to take care of yourself. That'll help you be a better parent. If families have questions or want to seek help or where they can go for more information, where would you send them? So they can call if they're in Mississippi, uh, 601-352-7784, uh, or an 800 number, 800-388-6200. Four seven and really our website Marshall can is very easy to navigate. I think the second button, big right in your face, is is click here to help you know get you connected, and that's mycanopy.org. If they'll go there, uh, we will make it really easy to help get them connected. John, I, I just want to say thank you for all the hard work you're doing in the state of Mississippi. I mean, your leadership has been incredible. And uh, any last words of advice before we go? Well, Marshall, I thank you for your stalwart leadership in, in this issue of mental health. Uh, learning is more caught than taught, and, and you're, you're teaching a lot by what you say and do, and I appreciate that. Last piece uh, of advice I would say, let's treat mental health and think about mental health the same way we do with any other health care issue. Um, when you're struggling, get help, just like you would your tooth or your ear. Uh, this is a, a moment for us to reconnect with our families in a different way, to reprioritize what's most important in our families uh, and our lives in a different way, and to accelerate this effort to decrease the stigma so every kid and every family can thrive. Yeah, and I would say, too, just, you know, this is a time for you to really connect with your kid and make sure you just have conversations, even if they aren't showing any signs outward, too, because when things get bad, you're going to have to have that connection, and, and this is a good time to really develop it. Yeah, and step into their world when you do it. I mean, I'm not a gamer. My kids aren't really gamers, but they wanted to connect with their friends online to game a little. So I've been letting them teach me gaming, not just so I can learn gaming, so I can connect with my kids, right? That's, I, that's I, the key. I would love to see that. <laughs> well, well, John, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. Well, of course, thank our guest, Dr. John Damon, Chief Executive Officer of Canada Children's Solutions, for joining us today. Hey, if you want to hear this show again or past episodes, you can download the MPB Public Media app and listen to our podcast. Now You're Talking is a production of MPB Think Radio. It's produced by Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned. Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit with Dr. Josie Bidwell is coming up next. And remember, we will get through this together. Have a great week. Stay safe and God bless you.